for Pittsburgh, you know, that's not what, who we are yet. Like we're not trying to jump into cannabis and dive right in. No, we're taking baby steps. This is all about us introducing this new publication, using our resources to help educate. And we'll get there eventually, but we're really trying to like set a tone for like this etiquette of, you know, like consumption, you know, even if things become legal, you know, do you really want to sit right down next to that family that's having a picnic at Point State Park and like, you know, smoke up a blunt? Like, you know, there has to still be this ability for us to just, care for one another and be aware of each other have like a mutual respect that's right for your for your neighbors that's right hello and welcome to start the beat with sykes my name is sykes and this is my podcast before we get started i just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode if you're one of the people who listened to that conversation i hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back but for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. But uh, today it's all water and coffee, my friends. It's a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Perhaps we'll uh, get a beer after this. But for now, we are just chilling. You know, no beers, nothing like that. Casual afternoon. I'm sitting here today with two new friends. We have Gina and Matt, correct? Yeah. Was just double checking that. Make some noise for the internet. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Everyone's really happy that you're here. Yeah, we really appreciate it. The world's very, very excited. So for those of you out there on the internet land that don't know Gina or Matt, Gina, why don't you let me know what it is the two of you do and why we're here today? Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for having us. This is a really exciting time for us because we're launching Sensi Magazine in Pittsburgh. So Sensi is a magazine that's currently in 10 cities nationwide. And in November, Pittsburgh and North Bay, California are getting added to that list, taking it to a dozen of city lifestyle pro-cannabis magazines from coast to coast. Okay. That's a lot. Yes. (laughs) So how did you get involved with Sensi? Well, so I've been doing events and marketing and music in Pittsburgh for over 15 years. And I was looking for a way to authentically get involved in the cannabis industry. And I saw the momentum of a lot of these Sensi events that were happening around uh, the country. And I ended up attending one myself and saw how awesome it was and really wanted to bring it back to my hometown and realize that it's not just a lot of great events. It's a lot of cannabis education and, you know, work within the community of bringing people together. So mm-hmm. we're a monthly magazine as well. So we'll have a free publication that will be hitting the stands the first week of November, which is really exciting. And then we're going to do a launch party in December. And then you're just going to be seeing us do a lot of different events uh, centering around cannabis education in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So the whole cannabis thing's pretty wild. <laughs> just over the past few years, it's become so much more vanilla to talk about it. We call it the new normal at Sensi. Yeah. It's like, it's just getting integrated into our daily lives and how we talk about it and how the language you use around it is important. So instead of saying marijuana, um, we do say cannabis, uh, although in our medical program, we do say medical marijuana here in Pennsylvania, but in the industry, we like to call it cannabis. Okay. So how long have you been tied to the cannabis world, we'll say. Is this something that you've been interested in for some time or is it a more recent thing for you? 
I would say I've always been interested in it. (laughs) Um, But within this past year has really been me moving forward as becoming a lobbyist and really trying to fight for legalization in Pennsylvania and working with patients and making sure that their needs are met and just really helping educate the community about how they can get their medical marijuana card and just the benefits of the cannabis plant in general. But my background was non-cannabis. I mean, I'm an events producer. I do marketing and music. So when trying to launch this publication after the first couple months of me deciding that I really wanted to bring this to Pittsburgh, Matt ended up moving back to Pittsburgh uh, to be able to help me. And he was actually working in the industry. So maybe you want to. Yeah, no, I, so kind of the opposite. I've like only been in the cannabis industry. Um, (laughs) I, I like, I always like to say at this point, I couldn't get a normal job if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, Sure. My whole resume is just cannabis. Um, but no, I, uh, I'm from here. I'm from Cranberry. Um, but I, spent some time in Denver in California in Las Vegas, uh, involved in the cannabis industry. And, uh, so just, I mean, if you're in the cannabis industry in any of those places, you know, Sensi. Um, so I was very involved with Sensi and, you know, when I got an opportunity to come back here and, and to my hometown and, and try to launch a Sensi here with Gina, I, I mean, I couldn't pass up on it. So. Yeah, no, that sounds like an awesome opportunity and I'm really intrigued to learn more about this. I was just laughing in my to myself when you were talking about uh being involved in, you know, the music scene and I was like, okay, of course there's been some sort of a cannabis thing probably since you've been working in the music industry for so long. Not that everybody that's in the music industry is involved in but cannabis. They're maybe it's more just, friendly to it. It's just a bad joke. <laughs> but uh yeah, totally. So with Sensi coming into Pittsburgh and then, you know, Pennsylvania, we have all of these things are changing a little bit later here than they have in other places. So what are some of the like misunderstandings that you're hoping to get across with Sensi and like, um, in terms of just like people that are either on the fence or just don't quite understand what is going on with this cannabis thing. There's a lot of people that are still like that. I mean, yeah. that's maybe the majority of, of our neighbors and friends still are unsure about how to talk about it or unsure what it even is, especially with the farm bill passing and CBD now being on shelves everywhere oh, from yeah, giant, like, giant eagle sheets and it's things so, like that. Yeah. So it really, it really means that, you know, we have to create an educated consumer in order to make the right kinds of decisions. It's really expensive to buy CBD oil. So Mm -hmm. really like finding the right shops, knowing that they carry the right products. We want to be able to help navigate people through this new way to to help their health and wellness. Um, But at the same time, there's just a lot of changing factors happening day by day, both nationally and, you know, locally with our our changing cannabis laws. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that, you know, now you just go to Giant Eagle one day to pick up your milk and all of a sudden this is here (laughs) and there's really no widespread knowledge of what exactly it is. And I think a lot of people were like freaking out. Like, I think some people were like, Oh sweet. Now we can get high giant Eagle. It's like, well, that's not quite it. And then there's other people that are like, you know, probably really like, Oh my God, the world's coming to an end. Mm -hmm. So it's great that there are some people that are going to be taking some steps to educate, but this is 2019. It's hard to get people's attention. You've been working in music and entertainment for a long time. I do this podcast. I have bands. I do all this stuff. You know, I, it's so hard because we're trying to get all of this information or art out and, you know, we're battling what Karen had for lunch and all of these other things that mm-hmm. clutter the internet, you know, mm-hmm. which is fine. Karen's lunch is tight, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what is the plan in terms of like marketing something like this? How do you go about getting it out to people? 
because oh, I've never yep. done anything like a magazine. This seems yeah. like a crazy thing. Well, that's what's so great is that this already exists in all these other cities. So we're able to create a Pittsburgh version of this, mm -hmm. but do it our way. So we're working with a local distribution company to ensure that our 10,000 copies every month are going to get distributed to about 400 locations that'll include cafes and dispensaries and CBD shops and restaurants and bars. And you'll see them in doctor's offices and various places, but we'll never have street boxes. We're free publication. So you won't see us, you know, um, you know, sold anywhere, but you're going to be able to look, you know, in a lot of the places of your favorite cafes and coffee shops where you find other free publications and you'll see our, pub our magazine, but I will say, pick it up because our dish, what we've learned from, um, our other, uh, sister publications is that they become like hot ticket items. You want to grab them because there's only a small stack that we print and distribute into all those locations every month. So we will have all of the copies available online, but you know, you want to get that coffee table book of especially our premier issue for November. Mm -hmm. I, I prefer physical media just because it's so hard to not get distracted when you're trying to read. I can't read a whole article on the internet anymore right. without notification. Karen's having another sandwich. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, Damn, not Karen. She yeah, eats a lot. It's like you just get, there's too much. And it's like the idea of just having something that you actually have to sit down with, especially if you're actually trying to like learn about these things mm -hmm. and also have them in places where people can see them where they might not be expecting to even uh, come across this information. Right. It's good to have those, totally. those free things laying around. Right. Because the magazine is never going to have anything cannabis on the cover. So, you know, really we're looking, for, inviting. Canna, yeah, I, we're I, looking I, for canna curious people. You know, they read the headline and maybe there's something about medical marijuana. <laughs> but, I'm glad you had that cute. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but we're also going to be talking about the best places to go for brunch and the upcoming shows, concerts and things like that. And there's going to be a lot of, you know, arts and entertainment involved. So we're going to have people picking up the magazine for many different reasons. But while we have that captive audience, if we can help educate them about how cannabis could be beneficial to them and just understand understand the current laws that are happening right now. You know, we just added anxiety in July. This opened up the opportunity for a lot of patients in Pennsylvania to be able to get their medical marijuana card, you know, and the conditions can continue to get added. And, you know, we have a governor now that said that he's for legalization. We have a, a, a Senate bill 350 that's out that they're calling like the golden standard bill of legalization. I mean, we're on the brink of ending prohibition. So how cool to be able to have this publication that's free and to be able to do these massive events that we have planned that are all free and open to the community so that people can come, they can meet pharmacists, they can meet physicians, they can talk to patient care consultants. And while they're there, also eat and drink some really great food from local sure. businesses and listen to some good local music. I think that it's really important to have people like you and we'll say Sensi as a whole kind of helping talk about this stuff in a very like well-spoken, mature manner. Because, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, I'm a child of the 90s. So, you know, when you think of cannabis culture from my youth, I mean, it's all like, you know, cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is fun, but it also really stigmatized, I think, things in a really bad way. Mm -hmm. And I right. think that's why there's a lot of confusion and kind of pushback against things. Not because, like, people don't want people to, you know be better, but because they're afraid the world's going to turn into a bunch of Cheech and Chongs or something. Right. Right. So, I mean, Matt, with your experience, since you've been in this for so long, I mean, even before, like, I mean, I imagine you've probably been working in this industry and like seeing it 
change since you've yeah. been in it for as long oh, as yeah. you have oh, been. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, what was it like when you started? Was there a lot more of that, like, high times short of, oh, sort yeah, of thing? Certainly. And like, has um, that shifted, or do you still think that that's the way a lot of people view it? That's definitely shifted. Um, so I started in the industry in 2011. Um, I ended up in Colorado in 2012, um, where I really, where things really, I really started to dive in. Um, and at that point, it was very much high times, was kind of the only outlet that that cannabis companies had to, to market themselves and brand themselves. And but it came along with this specific culture, which now I'm a I'm a medical patient. Um, I'm also a recreational user. Um, I just feel that cannabis is is a is a is a right and we should all be able to use it. Um, so I love what High Times does as well as what we do. Um, but what they were doing was just very specific and was kind of like, do this or don't do anything. Um, so I was actually on the advertising side of working in the cannabis industry when I was introduced to Sensi. And for me, it was, uh, it was a way to brand this company I was working for um, in a way that I never could before. It was a way to integrate it into normal life. So, I mean, we would talk about you know, branding it like people brand juice or, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was big for me when I saw that happening. And, um, that's also kind of why I had to kind of jump on this sensey train is, is I really feel that what we're doing is changing, um, how people think about cannabis, um, and making it more of a normalized thing, like, like, you know, like juice and, and, and water and beer and whatever. Um, so yeah, so I guess to answer your question, um, it's changed tremendously. Um, it's become very much a, you know, you have people coming from the craft beer industry from, I mean, I know people who left large juice companies and, and came into the cannabis industry when I was in Colorado, um, uh, people who left Coca-Cola and, and, and stuff like that. It was, you know, you're, you're now getting this, this wave of this isn't just a niche thing anymore. It's, it's, just as much a part of everything as, as everything else. Yeah, definitely. And again, going back to good old giant Eagle. Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. when I saw right. like this, like, there was no, I didn't hear anything about this on the news. I didn't see anything on the internet. It was just in there and it was there. And yeah. I was like, Whoa, this is right by the deodorant. This is crazy. <laughs> like, well, this yeah, is like, and that's, what's interesting is that if you're, if you're shopping and you see it and you're not sure what it is and you take it to the pharmacy, the pharmacists there are not allowed to talk about it. Whoa. That's why it's near the deodorant and the bath bombs. And it's like considered like a multivitamin and it's placed somewhere else. So well, that's weird. What we really right. have to start talking okay. about yeah. is what is CBD? What is third party lab testing? What makes a good product? What's worth spending 80 to a hundred dollars a jar for? Yeah. And, and if we can help, you know, just customers understand you're, they, this is a lot of money that they're putting into it, but it's because they either have pain or they're looking for some way to feel better. And that's also what the root of what this is, is that, you know, finding healthy ways to live your life so that you can just enjoy it more. And I think that there's lots of room for that within the cannabis plant that so many people from various different ailments have used the, the plant to feel better. And so when we see it, maybe in a gas station checkout, that might seem a little bit confusing next to a five hour energy and a you know, pack of cigarettes. I don't know. So, and it makes it seem like a gimmick, right? The way that the way, but I mean, I think it's probably just going to take some time and more education That's for right. people to understand what it is. That's right. And I, and I honestly, I've done some research on the companies that are both in sheets and in giant Eagle, and they have some reputable brands. So it's not that the people that are the buyers for these companies aren't vetting through the companies that they get. But what we do have to understand is what's the difference between a hemp oil 
and and CBD oil. You know, there are a lot of people mismarketing things and sending them from China and people are eating something that's like a a cooking oil and thinking that it's going to heal their pain. And then if it doesn't work, well, now it just must not work. Mm -hmm. Well, no, but maybe the product that you got wasn't something that could actually relieve your pain. Yeah, I imagine with a new industry like this, well, newer as it's getting... uh, it's starting to, the ball's starting to roll, right? So right. it's like, yeah. you know, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, balls chasing, you know, chasing you down the oh, thing. Yeah. I think it's how it feels sometimes. what you're going to have <laughs> an unfortunate side effect that I can imagine is happening is people are getting involved in this for maybe not the most, uh, they don't have the best intentions mm-hmm. and maybe they're putting out cheap product. And I mean, I think that's happened a lot with like the vaping thing where mm-hmm. like you have all these like people that are doing stuff in their home and now kids are smoking this, the, the vaping, this stuff and they're getting sick and all this crazy stuff. And I imagine there's going to be a big part of that with the CBD too. Uh, have you seen anything like that? Like with uh, like certain companies that just aren't legit that are starting oh to get gosh. involved? Yeah. I mean, well, not with our publication. I mean, yeah. I, I really you yeah. know, pride ourselves on that. We've really, I mean, I just meant that, like in general, there's too many and it's really been trying to make sure that that's why we say third party lab testing. Don't tell us that you did your own testing and that your product's good. There should be someone else that is also, you know, someone that's a, has a good, lab that tested your product to know what's in this, especially some of the CBD, if it has two, you know, a a full spectrum CBD product has 0.03% THC in it. If you consume too much of that, and then you have a job where you have to get drug tested, you may think that you bought this at at the grocery store and it's not going to get you high, but if it makes you, you know, not pass that drug test, that's a major problem. So, I mean, it's really just important to understand what the products are that we're using. And we can use that in, in a way mixed in with a lot of fun things about Pittsburgh that I think won't read like a medical journal is not going to read like something that's just specifically for patients. It's going to read for something that's for everyone. And that's really what we want the magazine to be is inclusive and, and just really celebrate Pittsburgh and all the things that are exciting about it. And this is an exciting part of our changing landscape in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. And I hope that maybe down the line, I don't know if places like Giant Eagle have done this, but just on weekends, maybe having somebody there buy the little CBD thing, explaining what's going on, or maybe somebody there with some copies of a new publication that Mm -hmm. Giant Eagle says, hey, you can come hang out here for a weekend, maybe set up a little table. Well, Giant Eagle, if you're listening. (laughs) That's uh, that. So that kind of stuff is actually what our dispensaries do. Um, And it's, it's another reason why I think it's important for everyone to look into our medical marijuana program. And, and, and if you qualify don't go to Giant Eagle. Go to a dispensary and get the real, legit stuff and, peop- and from people who know what they're talking about. And they will sit there and, and be yeah. on site to explain it to you. And if you want to meet with a pharmacist, you can. And um, I don't know. That's kind of I imagine, how I feel about that is I think people should maybe look a little bit more into the program before going I, to Giant Eagle. Sure. I imagine that, I mean, for one, I imagine Giant Eagle is charging way more than you probably have to for some of that product because business baby. But the other thing too, that I'm curious about. So Sensi has this really mature, good branding about it, right? That's very inviting. Not every dispensary has that same sort of vibe. And I think that that's going to be another hurdle possibly is like the way that these dispensaries market themselves to people. So that doesn't seem like this, like a, 
sort of like shady place or like right. a like a place for deviance because I think right. that's the feeling that I get with some of those places just because you know they have like some corny name and it's in like a weird corner of some place and it's right. like I don't this is, am I actually allowed to go here is this legal like what's going on and it's good and just it's gonna take time but it's so interesting just like how things are shifting mm-hmm. right no totally totally and like uh that's kind of like if you go out to California that's kind of how it is where like uh you could pull up you know a a a weed maps app or whatever. And, uh, you'll see all these kind of like really shady places on every street corner and you know, it's whatever, but actually I'm pretty proud here in Pennsylvania. Um, we have a small number of dispensaries right now, but I think they've all done a really great job of, uh, branding themselves more like a, a health and wellness facility or a medical facility. Yeah. Um, I get a very, you know, I get a very much like UPMC kind of vibe when I go into a lot of them. And, yeah. um, that's, that is actually a new for the industry. Um, and I, I know a lot of people say when they come out here from other states are like, whoa, like your guys' dispensaries are phenomenal. Because um, if you go out to some other states on the West Coast, not to name any specifically, they are pretty dodgy. Sure. I'm sure it's like, you know, like you're you have this like medical thing, but you're going into what's the equivalent of like a Spencer's gifts right? <laughs> to like get your stuff. And it's like, well, this is like, this seems weird. Well, I know with the medical program though, too, that it was, you know, there's all these rules. Like you can't be within so many miles of a school or a, a facility where any child's being watched. Like it could be like a daycare or even like anything. I mean, it's, you cannot be within an amount of hour. And then it's, isn't it also if it's a lower income area, I feel like you got more points on your on the scale to get oh, the license as okay. well. So at least having some areas where you could bring jobs to communities and help revitalize the community. It's really difficult to get a license in Pennsylvania and is extremely expensive. And that's why as we move towards legalization, this new bill that's out has micro license and home grow and a lot of other ways for for people that aren't, you know, a part of these major companies. Cause that's what essentially it is, is that, you know, as States are becoming legalized, their you know, major corporations are coming in and buying up all the license. And then there's really not room for yeah. independent business owners. So we hope that towards legalization, that there's going to be the ability for people that live right here in, in Pennsylvania to be able to get into the industry. Sure. I mean, that reminds me a lot of what craft beer is going through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, that's something that's really scary. Uh, I mean, it's not like frightening, it's just beer. But if you are a business owner and you own a brewery in Pennsylvania, in the Pittsburgh area right now, it's crazy. There's so many. And there's, I mean, uh, the big beer is definitely moving in. You know, some people were excited about a platform who's an Ohio-based brewery. They're going to be opening up a brew pub here. But Platform just recently got bought out by, I think, Miller Coors. Or ABV. So it's like, okay, so cool. You have a brewery that's not from here, which is one thing. That's fine. They're Cleveland based. They're our, you know, neighbors, Mm -hmm. but they're a Miller Coors or ABV. I can't remember which one it is, but they're one of the two. They're going to be moving in, taking up a huge footprint in the Pittsburgh beer scene. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's, it's a very, uh, it's a calculated move Mm -hmm. for sure, because there's, there's about, you know, what, 500 million dozen breweries in Pittsburgh right now. And like, they're all doing really well. So it's stuff scary. I'm sure that's definitely going to happen with the cannabis stuff as well, too. Certainly. It's kind of the stuff that comes with any new emerging industry, you know, Um, you know, we'll see the same obstacles as craft beer, as uh, uh, you know, uh, just any kind of new, like anything new that's presented, it's a new industry. And, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of hurdles that go along with that. Mm-hmm. We've kind of had to deal with a lot of them along mm-hmm. the way. <laughs> Can we talk about some of those? Some of those hurdles? 
Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we are a free magazine, like I mentioned. So the yeah. only way that we got to this point to be able to have our copies printed is by raising a lot of money from local businesses that want to believe in us and supported us. And they're now purchased ads and now get, you know, to be on site at all of our events. So finding those early adopters in a city that still, as you mentioned earlier, seems behind the times in many ways. Uh, we've had some sure, interesting days, you know, um, yeah. uh, cold calls are pretty much the scariest thing, you know, you pretty much cannot mention that you have anything to do with cannabis on the telephone. You just have to say like, I'm starting a new magazine. Would you like to meet with me? Because so many business owners, they have a stigma in their mind before they've even seen us, what we're going to look like or what, what it is that we'll pitch yeah. to them. So that's difficult. But what I, what we found was from just working within the communities a lot, stopping by their business, attending their special events, caring really about their business before we even really you know, presented Sensi to them. They already pretty much knew we either shopped in their business, attended some of their events, drank their beer, believed in them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so we came to them and said, listen, we believe in you. We know you're a small business owner and we're building something from the ground up. If you believe in us, you can be a chapter founder and what we're doing and we're going to change this city and we want you to be a part of it. And so we found about 30 businesses in Pittsburgh that'll be in the, the November publication. And when you, there, we do have just a couple that I think are, are national that are in the cannabis space, but uh, mostly, you know, you'll see restaurants and, and all sorts of breweries and, and things that are very familiar to you. And what's really great is when you're looking through the publication and you're seeing all these really great businesses, they are the sponsors for our events. So if you like these businesses, you come to our Sensi nights and you're going to get in for free. And we're always going to have really great entertainment, live art, music, and all of our advertisers there mixing and mingling and giving away goodies and free things. But what we need to focus on is really finding a way to celebrate that, which is this community that we're building. And at the same time, be still kind of serious about cannabis and realize that this isn't just a big old party, that we're there for a reason. And we're really there to come together and have a mutual understanding that yeah. we want cannabis to be something that we can talk about openly. And so it's this safe space. If we get people to Sensi Nights, they know they can talk to one another, either as a patient um, or just, you know, an advocate and really be able to talk with each other and grow friendships just out of sharing like a common denominator. I was going to ask you about that because there's always this interesting thing when I'm talking with musicians or artists and things and the balance of business and party. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is that like when you're working in an industry that, you know, is stigmatized as the party? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you do with that? Like are, well, we did, you, this was the very first event that I've ever had to produce where, um, our marketing director had put a little disclaimer in the post that said, this is a non-consumption event. Okay. And, that's, a, know, that's a good way to put uh, it. Yeah. That's, that's how we have to say it here in Pennsylvania now, but you know, they're, you know, our, as laws change in a lot of our markets, you know, that may not be the case, but for Pittsburgh, you know, that's not what, who we are yet. Like we're not trying to jump into cannabis and dive right in. No, we're taking baby steps. This is all about us introducing this new publication, using our resources to help educate and we'll get there eventually, but we're really trying to like set a tone for like this etiquette of, you know, like consumption, you know, even if things become legal, like, you know, do you really want to sit right down next to that family that's having a picnic at Point State Park yeah, and like, no. you know, smoke up a blunt. Like, yeah. you know, there has to still be this ability for us to just care for one another and be aware of each other. You have like a mutual respect. That's right. For yeah. your, for your neighbors. That's yeah. right. Like yeah. with anything. You know? uh -huh. right. right. On the flip, I'm really curious about something. So we've talked a lot about, um, 
approaching the subject of cannabis from a, a mature, well-spoken, clear mind, just very like, not like the Spencer's gifts approach, <laughs> right? Which that's how I'm going to call this from now on. But have you noticed this at all? Maybe Matt, since you've been in this a little bit longer, you might be able to comment on this. Anybody from, we'll say like the Spencer's culture that has any pushback against this like normalization of cannabis. Do you see that at all? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think just with, with, uh, anything like that, um, there's always people on each side of anything. Um, you know, there's, there's people who think that, that, you know, cannabis being normalized and, and in the forefront of everything is, is it's lame. It's not fun anymore. There's people who think <laughs> that, uh, um, you know, there's some sort of corruption behind all of it. And, and, you know, who, what, what I really think is important is that it's accessible to people and mm -hmm. it's, and it's done in a regulated, uh, way in which we know that the people who really need it, um, are being helped by it. Um, and so for me, I would take any of that kind of other criticism or, or groups of people who think that it might not be the best thing. Um, I just, I think anything that's helping people is a good thing. Um, and I think we've seen that this is a really good thing. Um, and there's definitely no stopping it. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a, a thing that I'm trying to think about like just different ways that this relates to my thoughts on like the music industry and just being creative in general and like how as an artist or an event promoter, the way you got to try to explain to people like, no, there's a lot of good things in the local music industry when there's like a lot of people that don't want anything to do with it. Right. And it could be very, very tricky to learn how to communicate with people in a way that's convincing, but not deceptive. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to like, uh, you don't want to like trick people into doing something they don't want to do. So I'm curious about putting that mindset into Sensi now because you've been doing event promoting and mm -hmm. things for a long time. Now you're doing this. You're still promoting events and things, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're promoting yeah. events for Sensi now. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of all coming together. <laughs> um, did you find that jumping into this new venture for you was easier because of your background or is it like a lot different? Do you find yourself learning a lot more things now? Definitely learning a lot more around the cannabis space, but I feel like the job as publisher for Sensi was a job I was training for forever because you really do have to not only be a magazine publisher, but you are producing these massive events. Plus we run an entire like business to business network and have to do these like high end B2B events. And that can be really, I feel like just overwhelming for someone that maybe doesn't love all of that. Mm -hmm. I just love all of that. Yeah, so, so I was like, so this is the best combo. And then to make there be this, this pro cannabis energy to all of it was really what made it special to me and something that I was relentlessly trying to bring to Pittsburgh. I think that that's super interesting that, well, not necessarily, well, it's interesting, but it's awesome that that was able to come into your lap. And now you're finding a way to continue to do something that you're passionate about. It's hard to find things that you're passionate about and like work towards them for a lot of people with the music stuff in general what made you even want to start promoting things to begin with not to like get like a whole crazy backstory yeah, no, but I no, mean like okay. you it seems like you're somebody that you know you've worked for different companies mm -hmm. you've ran different things like where did that all start for you so I love music always love music 
uh, played in the band, marching band, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, then when I went to Pitt, I decided not to continue uh, with music in that way. And I started DJing at WPTS on Sunday nights from 5 to 7 p.m., local limelight. And I would just do local bands. And so that was, you know, I graduated in 2002. So this is like, you know, early 2000s, you know, when I yeah. pretty much got started with this. And that was when, you know, people would mail in their press kit with their CD and their photo and like old school. So I just had like just so many records um, of local bands. So when I graduated with an English writing, creative writing degree and had no idea what kind of job I was going to get, I got hired at Hard Rock Cafe and started helping kind of just support the local bands and get them put on different oh, shows cool. and started like helping out with some things, you know, when Bon Jovi would come into town, I would run, you know, the, the, the whole day, you know, it was like Rex Manning day, you know? Uh -huh. Um, and so I went, I lived through all that. I loved it, but I really saw that I loved the event side of it too. And I was trying to figure out like how I could almost figure out a job that would allow me to do all that, that did not exist. At least I didn't think. Um, so I took a job at city paper doing ad copy, worked there for a couple of years, worked at, uh, what was clear channel. Now it's iHeart, and did events there. And I remember I had worked on this event called Bonix on the bridge with DJ Bonix blocked off of the Roberto Clemente bridge, sold all these big sponsorships. Of course it rained that day. Cause that's just Pittsburgh. You know, mm -hmm. the bit was great, but it, yeah. of course it was like that rainy drizzle the whole day, but we had break dancers and we had all this fun stuff. And I remember someone afterwards coming up to me and being like, you know, this was great, but like you sold out, like, you know, this is clear channel. Like, do you guys realize what we just did? Like we blocked this, this, Oh, sure. Off. So it was like really hard for me to feel like, how could I be a balance between supporting like underground musicians and helping them? They all got paid. This is probably the only gig they all got yeah, a no. paycheck for. Yeah. But I felt really torn between that. So I started Easy Street uh, as a way to kind of like be my own little kind of support system for the band. So if I'm the actual event producer, then I do the bookings solo. If I'm working in tandem with a bigger event, I just kind of am the conduit to help get bands, you know, the gigs. Um, and then I started live music pgh.com is just a resource for local bands and DJs to search for one another, find each other. And for hopefully, you know, fans out there, you know, want to go out, see live music some night, type in the genre, find some bands that, you know, are playing live music. So I've always just been passionate about it. Never made a penny off of it sure. uh, because it's just a passion. It's just what I love. And, and I feel that when a city has a strong live music scene, all of these other things trickle down, right? It's like, there's this culture within a city and we see some of the best cities, you know, when they have a vibrant, you know, arts and music scene, I just, you know, they, they become the destination. And yeah. I feel that Pittsburgh is that I'd love to see way more venues pop up. Um, but I hope that with a lot of the events that we do and non-traditional venue spaces, we'll be able to use those also as ways to, you know, support local musicians and use the magazine as a way to promote local bands and local concerts and events that are happening around Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's arts and entertainment in general. Um, definitely drive so much. I mean, think about sports, how much business exists in Pittsburgh because of sports, mm -hmm. right? You know, how many restaurants have to have the game on or else people aren't going to go eat there. <laughs> I wish that there was a lot more focus on live music in that way where mm -hmm. people would go. I mean, there are definitely some places like there's that uh, Con Alma place that mm -hmm. opened up. That's like mm -hmm. the new jazz love place. Love place. I love yeah. that place. Um, and that's been like a, a thing. Like there could be easily more places that are doing that, that are catering to all different styles of music. There's no, not a shortage of restaurants in the city. It's just right. a matter of, 
I know a lot of restaurants operate on a shoestring budget, even the ones that are doing gangbusters. So it's like the yeah. thought of like paying live entertainment seems absurd to them. But but that's why Kwanama did a really great thing. Yeah. Because if you eat dinner there and you see that there's a fee that's added to your bill for performers, I don't know if anyone would really care. I mean, we're already paying extra tax for the local oh, yeah. beer that we drink and for everything else that we're doing. It's like, you know what? Support local music in that way. And no one even, you're out to this awesome meal, enjoying this amazing performance the performer should get to go home with a reasonable salary Absolutely. for the work that they I think, do. I mean, I've always just felt so passionate about that. You get a lot of people that they only focus on the stuff that affects them in the moment and they don't mm-hmm. think about like the long-term benefits of a lot of things. And that's a big thing that's always kind of smacked the local music scene in the face. And I don't think that's anything that's like Pittsburgh specific. It's probably any local arts and entertainment scene in a city that's not like a a New York or, you know, a big city, you know, and we're not like a huge thing. We're still kind of like underdogs Mm -hmm. in some way. Right. So just that like people need to be a little bit more like patient and like empathize with people that own businesses and people that are artists or entertainers and the fact that we aren't usually getting paid and doing all of these things. So, but if we're able to, generate some sort of an income so like restaurants could maybe pay to have more entertainment Mm -hmm. and then like those artists that are playing those things can actually afford to take off work or that could be like their working gig for the night it's Mm -hmm. not it's not that crazy to think about but then you will get people that will criticize people for oh like taking money at a gig or like you know like having a show that's not a charity show it's like what are you doing with that money that you made I don't know. I spent fucking two months promoting this event. Maybe I'm going to buy myself dinner. That's right. Or what like, about no. if there's like 12 members in your band? Yeah. And they're like, oh, why are you charging $1,200? Well, could each person go home with $100? It costs more in tools and gas and parking yeah. per musician. And I mean, it's it's a it's a real problem. But I think that there there's obviously been a lot of um, attention drawn in the past couple of years about how Pittsburgh should really start caring more about live music and local music. And I think it's really going to be a combination of bands taking a little more initiative to become super self-sufficient where they can say to someone, Hey, we got a really small PA. We're going to come in. We're going to do this because these restaurateurs, they really don't, that's not their gig. They don't know that shit and they'll pay you or they'll figure out a way to make it happen if they don't have to do anything except clear a couple tables and give you your spot. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's also this kind of vibe where, you know, the restaurant should figure out how to put in their own sound systems and do this stuff. And they're just like, whoa, like we, a lot of them with their rents and the, the expenses that they have, they're all small independent business owners too, trying to get by. Uh, and really, you know, everyone in Pittsburgh recently, I feel like my Facebook feed is just everyone trying to be an activist in some way. Sure. It's like the best way to be an activist is to spend your money where it matters. If you can go to a chain restaurant or you can go to your friend's restaurant on the street, I mean, just be cognizant of where you spend your money. And if you can help those that are around you, especially those that help the music scene or the cannabis scene or anything that you're really interested in or passionate about. I mean, that's what I try to do. Cause I mean, we can't, there's not so much we feel like we can do to change the world, but you know, I can spend my money with people that are not racist, not homophobic, actually believe in the things I believe in. And we have enough of those small businesses in Pittsburgh that we've been meeting with. And it's really exciting because we're kind of pulling them all into mm-hmm. our Sensi family. So we can say, these are all folks that we trust people that are good people that all believe in this inclusiveness and that are cool with cannabis too. Sure. I think it just really boils down to communication and being open with businesses. Like if you're a band and you want to play at some restaurants, it's like kind of like the cold calling that like right. you're needing to do. Just go mm-hmm. into places 
and bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the thing, only thing that rubs me the wrong way is there are, I know there are some restaurants that go out of their way to do live music, but they don't, there's like, they're a little bit controlling about it and they may not want people to bring in like a PA, but you want a band to play. So you just want a band to play quietly <laughs> right. in the corner and it doesn't right. work out. It's like, That's are you, right. are you like, I don't know. I think it's, but having that communication so people can actually understand what they're getting, what they're asking for. Um, we've, we've done a couple restaurant gigs and I always have to be like, Hey, like we're a little bit louder than your usual thing. So <laughs> we'll do this, but it's going to be loud and we're not going to not be loud just cause it's what we're doing. Are you okay with this? And just got to be very clear. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, let's do it. But without that, communication because like sometimes you'll see stuff where um there's like some sort of like discrepancies about like either like a sound system or somebody not getting paid or like the this and that with like different like gigs at different like restaurants or breweries they pop up from time to time in like the little groups on facebook and things like that and it always seems to boil down to like a lack of communication like there was just this like very there was no transparency going into it just a lot of assumed things like you know uh a Facebook message is not a binding contract by That's any right. means. So. so if we want to, you want to get paid, you want to be treated like a business, act like a business, mm-hmm. send an invoice, be on top of it. Why didn't you post this on Facebook yet? If you're, you also need to be promoting this as a restaurant, not just me as a band, you know, say this is a give and take. And when you can get yourself even that much more organized, I feel like it just puts you like in ahead of so many other musicians in town. Yeah. And there's just a little of that organization and, and a better way to communicate because we can't just rely on social media. I mean, everyone's like bailing out off Facebook. I mean, no one wants to even use Instagram. I mean, we, we forcefully do use these things. We have to. Um, but I feel like, you know, we're kind of yearning for new ways, like watching podcasts, we're picking up a magazine again. You know, there was a a vinyl records outsold, uh, CDs this past year. Like, I think the next generation is going to be like going back. Like they don't want everything to just be on the phone anymore. I feel like everything's going to be about more tangibility, I hope. And hopefully like having more looking up from our screen and actually caring about each other a little bit more, but that's just my old school ways and hopes. I hope so too. (laughs) I hope so too. It's, it's a very interesting time right now because, you know, obviously kids that are in grade school going into middle school now, it's all, you know, they've all known Snapchat their whole lives, you know, Mm -hmm. that's been a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, it's, it's so different. I think that maybe, over a certain time period growing up with that being a normal thing, it may not be as like cool or unique right. down the line. Whereas whenever, you know, like MySpace happened when I was, you know, I just graduated high school and like MySpace is a thing like, whoa, this is so cool. I've never been able to connect with people like this. So it was right. like new and exciting, but right. now it's exhausting. Oh, no, but I miss MySpace. <laughs> I do. Not only could you like rotate your top friends who would make it this week, right? Uh-huh. But then, you know, that that MP3 player was where it was at. I mean, that's how I pretty much started Easy Street was like rotating those songs of local bands and, and, and making the top, you know, friends be the upcoming shows that were happening. And I just actually used that as a tool to promote all these local shows. And people used to actually go online and, and participate in that. And it just... Uh, Facebook was never a good platform for, for music. The thing that was cool, um, the thing that was cool about MySpace was that you only saw what you wanted to see. 
there wasn't like this uh, endless feed of people that you don't even like remember accepting into mm-hmm. your group that now like their posts like what like who are you what is this <laughs> this is so weird who's Bob <laughs> when did how did we become friends I don't even know who this who Bob is and mm-hmm. Bob has really scary thoughts about the world. Oh, it's God, really easy Bob. to unfriend and yeah, unfriend sure. and unfriend. I mean, especially when I, if you see somebody say something racist or homophobic, why fight with them online? Just unfriend. It's that easy. Like I don't have, I cannot, if you want to really feel terrible about the world, you read the comments in like a WPXI post and you like, everyone is like terribly racist and awful to one another. And I just like, can't, you know, when, the only time I chime in is when I know it's a miss a mismark about cannabis. Like if they say something that we know is absolutely not right, then I'm getting involved. I'm usually writing some sort of scathing letter trying to say, sure. we, we want to make sure that people see our media source is something that they can trust and that they can go to. But really it's something about these comments that yeah. people just feel like they can hide behind the computer and say any awful thing that they want. This is a good way to get us tied back into Sensi actually just like, again, with uh, negativity, which is like an unfortunate, but inevitable thing. I find sometimes when it comes to people that have a certain thought about something, if they're going to take the time to write up this huge thing about it, they don't even want, they don't have the interest in like learning that maybe they're incorrect. Right. So like you could give them all the facts in the world, but it, it just doesn't matter. That's right. It's like, you know, I am so right and I'm always going to be right regardless of whatever facts. But like, that's obviously something that you're going to probably be battling probably from now until the end of time. So what and is I'm your, I'm okay with being that person. What is your mindset like, when it I'm, comes I'm to like, that? If someone doesn't want to like me or Matt or Sensi because we're helping patients and educating people or about something that's medical to over 200,000 patients in Pennsylvania, then go ahead and don't like me because what we're trying to do is be good to the people around us and help people out. And if they want to stigmatize that, what I've found over time is that people change their mind. And so instead of getting all upset about it, stay the course, continue to gather the research, continue to do the right thing. And there have been a lot of people in my life that have come back to me and said, I know I gave you a hard time about cannabis, but, and you fill in the blank in all sorts of different ways, whether that be that they had cancer and they had to, had to use it, or maybe they become a recreational user, or maybe someone in their family, you know, uses sure. it now for cancer or whatever. Um, but yeah, we've had to take a lot of that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's hard for that, that, that's that light switch. Mm-hmm. It's like, nobody can turn that switch on, but that the person themselves, mm-hmm. like it's almost impossible for you or anybody else to be able to say anything or do anything that's going to convince somebody that's 100% certain that they're correct. Right. Whether that's about cannabis or anything. Right. Permanis. There's something yeah. trying to convince people that Permanis is the shit for years, but you know. <laughs> People still hate on me for it. <laughs> well, the, the thing we have to think about with cannabis is most people change their minds because they're desperate, because they've been on opioids for years. They've been given all these other things. They've been told that they could feel better and they're just not feeling That's better. That's the stuff that, like, the opioid stuff, like, frightens me. And, like, whenever there are people that are, like, comfortable with those things existing and then they're, like, sweating something about cannabis, it's like, whoa, like, sad brainwashed really sad. Yeah. yeah one it's of the saddest really things scary. that i saw was a woman say that she um she's a veteran and she had to go back on opioids because she couldn't afford her medical marijuana and she was at one of the medical marijuana education forums or something and she spoke about it and it was just it was devastating to see this woman like she was finding relief she was better but she just couldn't afford her medicine 
So there's a lot of things I feel like as an activist around this subject that we get really passionate about because we've seen, you know, how much it could help people. And then we've seen them also not be able to afford it. That's fucking crazy. And then we've also seen that there's still lots of people sitting in jail right now while other people are making lots of money in this industry that had nonviolent crimes. Yeah. So, you know, and, and there is, you know, you can go through, um, the website now that, um, uh, Fetterman has listed about getting your pardon if you have a, a, a non, I think it's, it's just misdemeanors and things related to cannabis, but you can start filling that out now because we want full expungement for anyone that has touched this plant in a nonviolent way. That's when other people are making all the money in this industry. Um, we can't forget, you know, that there are people that, that have really been pioneers within this for years that are still incarcerated. And it's just really unfair. When you're seeing like a negative comment about cannabis or and, and something that's not true. Is there like a common thread with like misunderstandings of cannabis? Are there people that are just like, oh, this is all Spencer's gifts nonsense? <laughs> or is it like, there are there people out there that have like legitimate arguments against it? I guess legitimate is like a, um, I guess that's depends on like- To be your, honest, yeah. any, I- any argument against something that's helping other people is obviously based um, in like some sort of outside hatred. Like you hate, like, cause you don't have to use it, you know? Yeah. So um, in my opinion, I, anybody who would hate on that would be hating on the healing of people and like children living. Like if you're against children living, I guess. Sure. So you think it's more of like a, a lack of like it's empathy a or understanding or oh, a moral yeah, I thing? I yeah. think it could be a little bit of both. I f- still think there's a lot of people that have this reefer madness mentality. It's not even their fault. They've been, this is all that they've been fed their whole life. I mean, some people just really truly are in the dark. I subscribe to pretty much every single, you know, cannabis related blog and magazine. So my Instagram and Facebook feed is going to be filled with information that I'm going to have every day. But if I don't even know where to go for those things, I mean, if I have all sorts of people contact me all the time saying, where do I go for information? Where should I start? I just got my card and I'm scared. What will it be like whenever I walk in the door? Well, who, who will I see? And what's it going to be like? like <laughs> do they, I have to whisper? But it's, but it's like, <laughs> it, you know, you, you have to have a card or yeah. be a um, caregiver to even get in the front door. So it makes it very, you know, like, what is this like man behind the curtain kind of situation? It's actually kind of like a jewelry store. Um, it's not, or a spa. I mean, it's really nothing that anyone should feel scared about at all, but we find that a lot of, you know, older people, um, you know, they've given up on, they're just like, you know what, we'll do anything right now to feel better. And they are feeling better. And, and, you know, we're seeing that they're, you know, the numbers are, are increasing on people, you know, applying for their card. And I, you know, I know you touched on the, the kind of, we call it like, it's like this vaping, you know, crisis that's oh, happening, yeah. but really what has come out of all of that is that people that are buying carts off the street are not, you know, they're not labeled. You don't really know what's inside of them. And therefore if they have vitamin E or other, you know, additives, they can coat the lungs and they can cause you to have respiratory issues. Okay. When you buy something from a dispensary, it's been lab tested multiple times before it gets there. And so, you know, this kind of fear mongering around these headlines, kind of including jewels and all these kind of you oh, know, totally. other vaping, yeah. can, um, you know, um, uh, tobacco products with cannabis has been, I think, really misleading. Uh, and we've, you know, there've been 
pretty much press releases from every single grow in Pennsylvania saying, you know, we were not involved in this and it's not fair that they're getting lumped in that. So again, being able to have a media source where we can address this from the perspective of this is what we have a seed to sale. We know everything is tracked in our, in our system. And we know that what you're getting is a medicine. It's exactly what it says on this bottle. This cannabinoid profile is listed. So you can see it just like a, a, a vitamin would list every single thing. Yeah. It's a lot different, but the way the media has been blowing this up, it's been scaring a lot of people. And now, you know, Massachusetts banned, uh, vapes. Oh, really? I didn't know. So that. imagine what that's going to do. And that's, that's cannabis vapes too, as well. Mm. Hmm. So we hope that, you know, I mean, that's why our, I'm really proud of like how our medical program is, is developing. I know that it's expensive and that's the biggest thing we hear from patients all the time, but hopefully through this, this movement into uh, legalization, we can see some relief on the patient side. They can start getting some more affordable products and uh, we'll be able to see cannabis for all. And that's our hope. And they'll at least be able to get Sensi for free. <laughs> yeah. <That's right. laughs> yes, at the very least. Uh-huh. So you mentioned before that there you're reluctantly on Instagram and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to drop some of the, you have like accounts for that stuff now? Well, yeah, where well, we have can- a, a national account for all of the Sensi brands. So that's just at Sensi mag. Um, so you want to make sure you check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, but you'll be hearing about all of the events that we have across the country. So if you travel to Vegas or if you're in LA or if you're going anywhere, we have magazines, you know, all over the country. Um, but for locally, what I've been doing is I use uh, my, my, uh, personal handle is Gina underscore Sensi PGH. And that's where we've been really talking about kind of like the local you know, partners that we sign on yeah. and the upcoming events and things like that. Then we started a private cannabis community just called Pittsburgh cannabis community powered by Sensi magazine. It's small. doesn't have a lot of people right now. It's like 600 or so people, but we're trying to keep the bashing of the different products and how expensive it is. And there's lots of patient groups for all that to really just be informative about these laws and the things that are happening and the upcoming educational events and kind of sticking to more of that information. So if you're interested in that, um, you just go ahead and let us know that, that you want to join and, and, you know, we're, we're accepting people through that local community, but we want it to be a forum and a place that's safe for patients to ask questions. Cause a lot of people don't want this to be public. They might not still have that stigma and don't want to tell people that they want to be a patient. So this is a safe place where everybody that, you know, becomes a part of this group, you know, understands that there's a lot of people at different levels of understanding the cannabis and they, they're free to ask questions and support one another. Mm -hmm. And then the physical magazine is going to be out in November. So we should get to hold it in our hands next week, which is so exciting, which is going to be such an amazing moment to get to hold it in our hands. Um, So this is going to be going distributing it out in November. This will be up in November. Yeah. yeah, It'll be Uh, out in November. So like this episode will air in November. Right. So so there's a good chance. Is there like a date? For, like, well, you I know just do that November we, 1st, the hard like, copies yeah. of the issues will be in our hands next week and then okay. they'll be out the first week in November. We have route sheets that are going um, all around the greater Pittsburgh area. So like I said, locations where you might find other free publications, um, you're going to be looking for uh, one of our Sensi magazines. They'll be out and about. But then you can also go to sensimag.com and we have every single issue available digitally online as well. So if you don't find a physical copy, definitely go on there. And then we're going to have our second edition, our, our December issue come out first week of December. And that's the week that we're going to do our launch party. We wanted to really get the magazine out into the community a bit first. And then on it's Wednesday, December 4th, we're going to host a free event. It's at hip at the flashlight factory in the North side. Um, and it's free to register for 21 and over guests. Um, it's bit.ly backslash Sensi launch PA. 
And if you go to the, or just search Eventbrite uh, for Sensi Pittsburgh and you do have to RSVP to get in though. So yeah. it's free, but we do need you to register. Yeah. Limited space. Have, it, will yes, it, will, it will sell out. It will. And I don't um, have extra tickets, guys. So yeah. like, please just fill and out the form now. Quickly. So I mean, uh, and we have RSVP DJ Nugget suit. from Goldmark and Friends. He, they're going to be spinning. And we have some live artists that are going to be participating. And we're going to have an entire um, medical marijuana education area. And also give um, all of our licensee holders an opportunity to really talk with the guests and, and introduce kind of, you know, their brands and what they're going to be doing in terms of, you know, just supporting patients and in PA, but it's going to be fun too. There's going to be lots of entertainment and free libations. So uh, definitely get your ticket. Before yeah, we sell out. no, that's, <laughs> it's huge. Uh, definitely. You know, if you are still watching this at this point, you know, we're about an hour into the episode. Uh, so we'll be wrapping Time up. Very, we'll be wrapping up shortly, but if you're still listening to this, you're obviously interested. So <laughs> be sure to go dig around and Thanks find, for sticking around. find a yeah. cop. Yeah, be sure to, <laughs> Look around the city, maybe your favorite restaurant or brewery or mm -hmm. neighborhood coffee shop and see if it's there. And mm -hmm. if it's not there, let them know and yeah. maybe they can get it in there. Tell yeah, them we, you want it. Yeah. yeah. Tell them that. you want it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then into 2020, we're going to be starting doing lots of these events. So we're going to have quarterly Sensi nights. Those are going to be the free open in the public events with the bands and the music. And then we have these twice annual kind of invite only business owner mixers mm. called Sensi Connect. It's a really, we want to hone in on building this really business community that's going to support what we're building. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. We're going to be doing lots of promotions and things, of course, but the Sensi nights, we're going to be announcing our first Sensi Night date here very soon uh, for first quarter. Um, and it's going to be, again, it's free. So when you see those links and you guys want to go, just go ahead, even if like, just make sure you RSVP so that we can get you in because that's going to be your ticket through the door. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Do it. Do we hope to links. see you there. We better see you there. Hey, if I'm in town, I'll definitely <laughs> check out the next one. For sure. For sure. You know, I'm always hopping and skipping around, going to different places. But if I'm around, I would definitely like to check it out. You know, I will state, uh, you know, for the record, uh, if I haven't made this completely clear, I know some people that know me personally and some people that maybe watch the show know about this because I've talked about it. I am not a cannabis user. I never have in my life. I don't know anything about it, but I find it incredibly intriguing. And I, I've never been like a... Uh, like, oh, fuck that. You know, it's just, it's <laughs> right, just something right. I've never been. Which uh, a lot of people are. It's but okay. I'm very, yeah. I guess, as uh, as you said, I'm very uh, can, can of curi can curious. Can, can of curious. Uh, That's right. Yes, I, I suppose that that would be me just because there are, um, you know, just from things that I've read and what I've talking with people like you that are very passionate about it and very just uh, seem to just be like empathetic towards people that need help. I think that that's. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I'm, you know, you. I just, I hope that people start feeling better and stop being, you know, whatever, stop hurting and stop being so anxious and crazy right. or stop having seizures or whatever yeah, other totally. crazy list of things that can happen. Yeah. Like, there's, I think, and that's really what it comes down is there 26 to? right now? 26 medical conditions in the um, state? 23. But Something I mean, we have, that. we have a list, um, uh, you know, that's available and ever changing. So you want to, you know, keep your eye on that, but yeah, it really is just something that once we've seen over and over and over again, how many people it can help. It's great that you're kind of curious and that if you still feel that way, you know, down the road, you might find that someone in your life needs some, you know, maybe they get knee replacement surgery or they end up having a seizure themselves. And you're like, wait, I would have never thought about this, but maybe I should 
message Gina and see who she knows and what physicians, sure. she, you know, and that's really what it's been about is mm. we've met with people. They're like, Oh, I don't even know about that. And then a couple months later, cause we've been working at this for over a year now. Mm. So it's been, it's not been a quick thing. It took us a while to get those yeses, to get people to become those early adopters. But I really think that once people see it and hold it in their hands and attend our events and see what we're trying to do, this is our chance to really put Pittsburgh on the map. We're the very first Sensi magazine in the country that's in a, a non-rec state. So we are a the very first medical state where we can really start changing the conversation in a real way. So it's exciting. And I hope that, you know, we can really grow together and have like, you know, Pittsburgh be one of the the biggest Sensi publications in the country. I hope so. Thank you With so much. Everything that you're doing, and again to anybody that is still watching this, is there any open space for people that may want to volunteer at events or help with the magazine or open for sponsorships, like anybody that would want to be a part of this. Is that still? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. pretty easy to find online. You can Google my name and find all my social media and really easy to get in touch with. Um, so yeah, so just message me and let me know. I mean, we do still have some sales opportunities on our team. Um, if you're interested in advertising, um, we also are going to definitely be needing lots of volunteers and folks to help us at the events. But then if you're an artist, if you're a performer, um, and I mean, all sorts of performing. Like I went, you know, aerialist to, you know, steel drum artist. I went everybody. Um, there's going to be a place for you at Sensi. We're mm -hmm. in an, if it's not at the actual event, there's going to be the opportunity for us to feature you, uh, on the editorial side of the publication as well. So we want, you know, we want to get all the love and, and learn more about, you know, what we don't even know is already here in Pittsburgh so we can, you know, help promote yeah. it. If you're doing something in Pittsburgh, we want to know about yes. it. We want to support you, um, yeah. regardless of what it is, whether it's cannabis or not anything. Um, right. Yeah. Food, beer, music. Yeah. We'll take that. Sure. I think it's like a, a, you kind of, a you open up the door and somebody's like, oh, what's in here? Oh, cool. I like beer. And then what's this cannabis stuff? <laughs> right. Well, I guess I'll read about this now. <laughs> yeah. And Tricking again, them. it's not going to read like, you know, a boring medical journal. So even if you read that article and you're like, ah, okay, it's now, also you're, not, now you're back on to beer or food. But or it's also not going to be like, dude, bro. And that's no. right. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just people, Normal. people yeah. talking like yes. people to yes. people and yes. local. And we're going to have local editors. So yes. I know that that's been a big question to us is, yeah, we our home office is in Denver and, you know, we're we're a national magazine, but we're hyper local in terms of the content. We'll have a couple national articles that have to do really about like the changing landscape of like the entire country when we talk about cannabis. But mostly the articles about, you know, what's happening here locally with food and music sure. and, you know, special events, that's all going to be like local content. Yeah, it has to be, it has to be somebody that's local. Otherwise it's a, it's a huge disconnect, right? right. right. Well, I do, I will say one thing that, that I really love. We got a brand new redesign to the publication. Um, so they kind of took like our cannabis leaf off our logo and we got mm. this new kind of like, like sexy stamp, but like, it's cool. Um, but there's going to be the ability for us to feature events after they've already happened. Now, when you do a monthly publication, it's almost like two months ago in the past because of the deadlines. And then once they print it and they get yeah. it circulated, but if so, if there's a big event that, you know, you're involved in, you know, any kind of music events, charity events, concerts, uh, we want photographers to send us uh, photos because that's a really, really good way of getting yourself uh, featured in the publication. Cool. Yeah. There's definitely, I know some photographers. I know a lot yeah, of people. So yeah. So send them our way. Yeah. Reach out to them, okay. find them. <laughs> and uh, with, with all that being said, I think we've, we've talked the talk, walked the walk. Yeah, we could talk to you all day. This has been fun. We Thank probably so could much. keep yeah. chatting, but you know, an hour, yeah. probably pretty good. Maybe, right? maybe we'll continue that downstairs or something. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. So with all that being said, 
That's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Gina, Bye. Matt, Thank Sensi you. Magazine, thanks for being here. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2019. Woo-hoo! Thanks for listening. And we are done. Cool. I don't know why I picked up this coffee. I should probably take a sip of it. Mm. <laughs> it's so warm. It's like warm iced coffee it's so strange Ugh. okay and that we're done was fun yeah thanks for doing it oh that's great gosh, yeah.